Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you guys had a blessed week. My week was actually not too bad. I've had some cool conversations with a lot of different people, and it's just been really neat. And just having things kind of coming together for us to move has been pretty cool. But I also want to be a reminder that, hey, you know, Memorial Day is tomorrow and that we need to remember all those that have served. And we want to thank all those people who have served that have died. Um, you know, sacrificing their life for this country, you know, was not an easy choice, but it was something that they were willing to do with bravery. And we need to remember how much the cost it was to have such freedoms all the way to the beginning when the Revolutionary War to Civil War to World War One, World War Two, Korean, Vietnam, and even the current wars that have been going on. The people that have died, they did it because they believed in what this country stood for. And we need to remember to remember that. So if you guys are having a great weekend, I hope you guys have a blessed day tomorrow off because I know many of you do. Otherwise, you know, just enjoy your rest of your weekend. And, you know, for this week, I kind of wanted to talk about, um, about brokenness. And it's been kind of on my mind a bit because of just conversation I've had with people. You know, we, we talk about the importance of losing someone like a Memorial Weekend, reminding those that served our country in the military and that they have died. And then those that didn't die, how they also have to deal with the loss of those that they did know that have died. Let alone the families who have lost someone as well. But the truth is that brokenness has many, I think it has different aspects to it. But the top three way of looking at it, I think there's brokenness by sin, brokenness by relationships, and brokenness by life. You know, a lot of times, you know, we always focus that brokenness is just one type of broken. You know, you're, you're just heartbroken. Well, heartbrokenness has different reasons for why it exists. And that's why I think the three categories that I picked work well, because underneath each one of those, you could fit one of many different perspectives or different situations underneath it you know it's easy for the first one basically anything that's sin so anything that's not holy anything that's not righteous anything that god says is wrong that can give us brokenness because you know that there's consequences that can cause a lot of hurt and for one good example is david when he uh, basically murdered so someone to take that guy's wife because he got his that wife's preg wife pregnant and he was trying to hide it we know that god basically took his baby away from him and david was heartbroken but even in that heartbrokenness he understood the consequence for his sin he understood the importance of sin in god's eyes it's just to be clear. And then we have like by relationships. Now relationships can be romantic. It could be family. It could be loss. It could be, you know, estranged. There's like so many different examples that we can use for relationships. It does not necessarily mean just romance. Yes, people have been hurt and brokenhearted because of past relationships that had ended bad, uh, divorce. Um, and of course, you know, the hardest one is uh lost through death and in and this past year well it was yeah it was like last year into this year i've seen a lot of people die 
from connections that I know from old friends from high school to people that I know from gaming world who have lost someone because of death. And sadly, you know, one of the ones that's been on dear my heart, you know, her husband died from COVID and they've known each other, I believe she said 21 years. And, you know, she has a story, a testimony, but the thing is, you know, seeing her trying to live every day without him is hard. And then, you know, of course, the third category is by life and life in general is what I mean is there's circumstances that happens to people, whether it's because of your choices or whether it's because of just the way the world runs. You have people born in countries that have been taken over by religious groups that are just creating chaos and destruction and making them because they're not of them poor and useless. They struggle and they hurt and they're they're broken. And, and, and we've talked about the shield of, I think I call it the shield of, of pride as one of my episodes, um, that pride you know, it's it's funny to say, but pride actually can come from things that happen to you. So whether you've been abused, whether, you know, something bad happened to you, pride can be there. Because the thing is, we always think pride as being haughty or thinking better of yourself, everybody. But a lot of times pride is like a wall that blocks you from being able to hear God speak. Because there's two ways of looking at it. There is the haughty side of pride. But then I also know there is the side of there's nothing else but that hurt that you stand by. And a lot of times, you know, the hurt and the anger look the same. So I want to be clear, I'm not downplaying what happened to anybody, because I was bullied. I understand what it means to be bullied every single day by other students, whether it was physical, verbal, or even mental. I understand, and I know what it's like to even be an adult and being bullied. So the thing is, is like I am not downplaying anybody's hurt, but you got to understand that if you don't allow yourself to deal with that hurt in the appropriate way, in the way that God can heal that brokenness, it can lead to pride because pride creates a wall that you are determined to not allow God any access to break that hurt. And I've met quite a few people who've allowed their abuse, their their anger, their hate, their their frustration to be basically their instructor of life. And and the idea of letting go of any of that, oh no, that that's impossible because I was wronged and I'm going to stay angry and hurt and upset until that wrong is dealt with. Well, sometimes it doesn't get dealt with. And sometimes God deals with people who have hurt us in other ways. And we may or may not know, may not know what happened to them. We may not know if there's consequences that have happened throughout time as they continue to take on this abusive attitude into adulthood and how that's affected their lives. 
their families, their kids. And if, if they weren't able to get any of that, basically be alone. We don't, we don't know. In some cases, we might get to find out what happened to so-and-so and what they did to us. Or some people might be in prison still. We, the thing is, you got to understand that brokenness in itself has a factor in struggles and changes within us that can change us to not be a good person, even though we say, well, I was wrong, but I'm a good person. But the thing is, you know, sin, as we talked about, separates us from God. And if you are in sin, you are not being holy, for one, definitely not. And you're definitely not walking in righteousness. And you're definitely not listening to what Jesus said. You know, he told us to forgive but it does not mean we're not going to forget. We're not going to automatically start trusting people. Because that's the one thing, you know, I hear a lot of Christians say that we need to pray for relationships. we got to pray for reconciliation. Now, I understand if there is something between the people that is in some people's minds maybe silly or something that could be fixed if they just stop acting like children. But there is some things that just happen between relationships that reconciliation may never actually be because there's never going to be a trust to allow such reconciliation to happen. It does not mean that people don't forgive other people for what they did. But what it does mean that we can't expect them to just forgive and then suddenly trust and be back to normal because that's never going to happen. And maybe it could happen, but most of the time it does not. And we just need to pray that, that they at least understand how to forgive. And, and, and of course there's a strange situations and relationships and there's always a hope that, that, that the two would get back together enough to talk and get things right, especially when it's a parent and a child or, you know, a family member or a close friend, you know, you, there's always that hope, but sometimes, you know, you hear stories where someone gets mad at another sibling and they haven't talked to each other in 25 years. So. It's very interesting when we look at these three categories and where the connection is for these three categories. Well, the one thing I, I've been learning a little bit more about <coughs> is I've been kind of working on a book series for the armor of God. Well, it's not really a series, but it's a book. And the more I kept writing and the more I kept adding, the more I kept adding and the more I kept writing. And so... I would get like these ideas and I would write out all this stuff on certain parts of the armor. And then suddenly I get into a conversation with someone else and I'm like, Oh, that was not too bad of a thought. And so I have to add more. And so that's what's kind of happened with the technically actually it's been kind of interesting, but the shield of faith and the reverse version was the shield of pride or the world's armor. And so lately I've been actually thinking about the helmet and the breastplate of righteousness. So what's interesting to me is that when your shield is not in faith anymore, it's become prideful, you open yourself up to other parts of the armor to really be messed up. In this case, one of the things I've kind of noticed the connection goes, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm having this battle in my head. And I realized that, yes, so why don't you stop thinking about it so that way 
uh, you don't think about those issues. Well, then it starts turning into the conversation. When you start realizing there's more to the story, it goes to the heart. And this is with everybody, that, like like quite a few people I've talked to. The more I've talked to them, I realize there's something in their heart that's not right. You see, when we start allowing the hurt, the anger, the abuse, the sin to start being a festerness in our heart, a part of our heart, that's where the rest of our mind, or I should say, that's where the connection to our mind starts getting diluted and corrupted. You know, we always wonder why we can't get these bad thoughts out of our head, but then we're filling our hearts with stuff that we shouldn't be and expecting our head to stop doing what we we say we wouldn't do or don't want to do or don't want to believe that we would do. So whether it's sin, whether it's maybe treating people badly in a relationship, whether it's just taking on the the, the way of the world, throw, getting thrown on us, the, the weight of the world getting thrown on us, and so we react negatively. Now we point out, to God and say, it's not fair. It's not fair. I can't believe you're doing this to me. But the truth is, if you look at the three categories, sin, of course, sin is going to separate us from God completely. So there's nothing there but to understand that. Secondly, relationships, well, people make bad choices. So whether it's someone else who's hurt us or us hurting someone else, that's a consequence that's going to come out of that. And then thirdly, life, well, we live in a sinful world. So we can't run around complaining and pointing at God and saying, why, 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 why? When in reality, he's saying, hey, you know, I've never left you this whole time, you know, and I told you to stop doing that. And then, oh, yeah, you know, you treating your wife or your kids that way, that's that's on you. It's not me. It's I, your relationship with them is not messed up because I messed it up is because you messed it up. But also in other places, you know, we go in the negative side where people are doing stuff to us and sin done to us, there's going to be consequences. So your reaction to someone else's wrong can be negative too. We can't run around saying, well, it was unfair, so I'm just justifying my actions by the way I'm acting. I learned that in high school, you know being treated badly at one point and then I started being mean to that person I you know my friends are saying that's not the you shouldn't be doing that it's not the way you should do it and I say well they're mean and now it's their, their turn to know what it feels like and then I realized over time that wasn't the right reaction so the thing is guys you got to understand that you know just because we're dudes doesn't mean that we don't struggle and get hurt, have, you know, have bad things happen to us, you know, we, that we don't make mistakes, that, you know, life comes at us, you know, in a way that we weren't expecting, but it happens. It's all about how we react to it now. You see, when we start allowing the hurt, the brokenness, the emptiness, start filling our hearts, that's what comes out of our our words, how we treat people, how, what we think in our heads, it starts manipulating all that to twist it around to the point where we start thinking things that we shouldn't be doing. Resp re responding to our, our wives and our kids in a negative way, indulging ourselves into sin. You know, some, some guys, you know, having a hard time with their, marriage 
they start getting into porn or they start talking to another woman to, and start flirting with her to try because he thinks it's better that way or maybe you know having a hard time making money they start doing things to make money on the side that that's not good for a man to be doing of course it's the same with women but see the key thing of thinking in here is what do we fill our hearts what do we fill that the breastplate of righteousness because you guys understand that righteousness means that we're wanting to be more like god so if we're not acting if we're not talking and if we're not seeking to be like him what do you think we act like or look like to other people what does it look like when a man is running around puffing up his anger and treating people like crap because he wants to be the alpha or if he's having a rough day at work comes home and yells at his wife because it makes him feel better it makes him feel like he has control or he ignores his kids because he's so exhausted, he he just doesn't want to deal with it. And then, of course, if we were to bring in the past, there's plenty of guys who have had hardships and hard times with their dads and their relationships with their moms and growing up and they had their issues, but they think that they have not brought those issues into their families. But they have. See, a lot of times our past does dictate who we become as an adult and it does change the way we see things but a lot of times we've been so stuck in that rut for so long that we're blind to the battles that we're actually really having with our families our friends our jobs our life and our choices that we start blaming everybody else and not recognizing that we need to be changing something that we have been like for a while like this is a good time for you guys this week to kind of rewind a little bit and recognize, okay, if have I brought in habits from my childhood, my teenagehood, my college life, or even my young young manhood that I brought into my marriage, I brought into my how I treat my kids, that I brought into how I act at work, how I treat people outside of my home, friends, family neighbors whatever it may be how like, i need you guys to stop and think about like these next few days go back and think about have i brought in bad habits that i've excused for all these years because that's how it's always been and so therefore it's okayed because that's how it's always been and that could be like the mindset of well i bring in the money i should have alone time because when i was younger i never got to have alone time and now i want it all now and your wife is saying well i need you to be around because of the kids and mentally you shut yourself out or like i said you come home because you get yelled at by your boss you have no control of that at work. And so you come home, your wife is telling you all this stuff that needs to be taken care of. Your kids are, you know, daddy, daddy, daddy. And you just start yelling at them and you allow anger to start festering in and festering in and festering in. And now you become an angry person. <laughs> you start hurting your family. 
You see, there's a lot of things I think that men have control to do, deal with that. And self-control is, you know, the main thing we always talk about. But that job is not what you thought it was meant to be for you. Ask God if he can t take you to another job. Well, I've been there 15, 20 years. Are you telling me that God cannot provide for you at all? So even if you were to find another job, basically almost start over, over again and have to work for them for another 15 years, 10 years, you don't think God will provide everything you will need? See, we can't keep creating excuses to leave ourselves into in these issues and these problems. Well, I was abused. Okay, so have you gotten help? Have you gone and talked to your local pastor? Have you gone to a local Christian counselor? Have you, maybe if you're having uh, porn addiction issues, have you found a porn addiction group that talks about how to help each other and keep each other accountable? Like, see, the thing is, there is answers to the problems. The question is, are you willing to allow yourself to not be influenced by those problems? And I want to be clear, I know there's not answers for everything, but there is answers for some things that I think we kind of excuse to keep that bad habit in our life. I want to understand that. I know that there are issues that may not have answers, but there are many issues that we do have answers for that we know, but we ignore or don't want to do. And those are the, those are the type of situations I'm talking about, okay? I'm going to take a quick break and I will talk to you right after. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, welcome back. And we've been talking about brokenness and emptiness and how it affects us and how it just gets in, into the way of our walks, basically. But the idea is that, you know, what do we allow in our hearts and how it let it allow it to fester and change. And so it starts affecting the breastplate of righteousness, which then starts affecting the, the the helmet of salvation, which is going to start affecting everything. Because then it's going to start, you're going to start questioning your faith too. Something just really interesting how everything is kind of connected. So I forgot to actually talk about the verse that stood out to me for the first half, but it's in Psalm, Psalms 147. It says, he is not, oops, I went too, too far ahead. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And then later on, he states, he is not impressed by the strength of the horse. He does not value the power of a warrior. The Lord values those who fear him. So actually, this kind of works out because this is kind of the answers to this whole discussion. Okay. But then it says, continue, those who put their hope in his faithful love. In between the verses three and and 10 it talks about to something that's very interesting to me it says sing to the lord verse 7 sing to the lord with thanksgiving play the lyre which is i believe like a form of guitar to our god who covers the skies with clouds prepares the rain for earth for the earth 
causes grass to grow in the hills and provides animals with their food and the young ravens when they cry what what they cry for so in between it, it's interesting to have these two concepts and then in between have all that because the idea is that you need to understand that even though there's all this stuff that's happening to us that we struggle we hurt we cry we're upset we're in pain or in agony we've we've had loss all this all the bad stuff that has happened he it continues to show that he will take care of the simplest things that we take for granted, like the rain on the earth, the sky and the clouds, provides food for the animals, the grass grows and hills. Like he is taking care of that. He will take care of you. And then right after he goes, he's not impressed by the strength of a horse. He, he does not value the power of a warrior. See, the thing is, we need to get out of our heads that we need to be strong all the time strong 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 we need to be strong and if we're not strong then we are weak and then we're not being manly then we're not being men enough then that we're not we're not doing something correctly and that we don't deserve blah blah we start going into this negative view of treating telling other men that that we need to be um more manly and less basically loving and less caring and we can't allow that, that stuff to get in there because it makes us weak that's not true See, God's not sitting there going, man, Bill, you're a strong man. That means you're godly. And he, and that's the thing he's trying to basically say. Just because you appear strong, you look strong, and you act strong, that's not what he values. What he values is right after the Lord values those who fear him. Those who put their hope in his faithful love. See, that's the answer. That's what he's looking for. So when he heals the broken heart and bandages their wounds, it's because they he values those that fear him and then he puts those in and that are in hope in his faithful love. That's who he notices. And just like he talked about David. Because you remember, um Samuel was looking for another Saul. And if you understand what I mean by that, Saul was tall, big, and strong. He was like a head taller than all the all the men. So he looked strong, like power of a warrior. And God told Samuel, he goes, no, no, no. Stop looking at his other brothers and how strong they look. It's the heart that I'm looking for. Which I thought that was quite interesting because we were just talking about the breastplate of righteousness, which covers your heart. Starting to see the connection. So in brokenness, what we feed our heart, the emptiness that we have, what we fill it with, does dictate the type of man that we are. And if we were to go to Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, it says, The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out towards toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green and it will not worry in the year of drought or ceasing or ceasing producing fruit. This is the other part that I was like, I want to get talking about with answers to this brokenness that we have. Because when 
our heart collapses into brokenness, into emptiness, we create despair. And despair does not create like good fruit. In the New Testament, it talks about how our like our 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 works will be the fruit of our like our walk. Okay. When we go back to Jeremiah, you know, that's in the Old Testament. Okay, we understand that it's interesting that they use the word water because who is called the water of life? Jesus is, right? So taking the description that's in here and understanding who Christ is later, the fulfillment of not being burnt when it's hot, um, the, the foliage or the, the leaves stay green. There's no worry during drought. And then, and then your fruit is still producing. And it's interesting because if you take the, these sayings, the heat is like life, the abuse that's happened to you, the hurt that's happened to you, the negative that's happened to you, the sin that's happened towards you. So not you sinning at people, but the stuff that's happened to you. You, you will still remain green through it because of where your roots are in. And then the second half is it will not worry in your drought. So when things don't seem to be working out like in life, you're not worried because your fruits will still be producing. Starting to see that connection now of how it is really based on where we root our heart into. What stream we put it in. Stream of Jesus or the stream of the world is going to dictate how we react to everything that comes around us. And this is kind of taking time for me to learn myself, especially in these last 10 years. All the stuff that you've known, <coughs> excuse me, from all my past, you know, testimony i have shared with you guys my battles i've shared with you some of my struggles and like i was down in the darkest point of my life in probably 2014 maybe even the end of 13 when nothing was coming together no jobs were opening for me all these churches kept saying no they kept telling me i needed more education just to be a youth pastor when i had plenty of experience and i just felt like i wanted to quit there was no point. I guess I wasn't meant to do anything. I, I just quit. So either Lord take me home. Maybe, you know, I even had some dark thoughts at some point. And there was even times where it's like, I was just going to go find some stupid job that I didn't want just to barely live and go be poor because like nothing was coming together. <clears throat> And it got really hard, but I know God provided at the lowest point, but he also learned, took it as a time for me to learn. And that was faith. You understand that shield of faith was what really taught me in the first part of this last 10 years. I didn't understand what that truly meant until I, until I got to my darkest point and God provided when things seem the darkest he provided, which makes me go to this one quote. 
that has been dear to me that I got in the last few years. It says, God doesn't give the hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. He creates the toughest soldiers through the life's hardest battles. This is one quote that has just been a part of me. It's just been part of my my thought process. And it's something that has just been a powerful part in in all the changes that God has done in my heart. And and it's funny because even though he provided the money that he provided for us to be able to church plant, there's still a little bit of frustration that still comes because we have the money, but we're still, it was just taking forever for us to move. And the thing is I was frustrated before when we were trying to get to Montrose to have him finally go, okay, well, you guys are not paying attention. So my wife's health came an issue because he needed to show that she was having problems. So us moving to Montrose would have been a bad thing for her and technically even for me because it was also some issues that kind of popped for me that I never really paid attention to because we were more so excited that we weren't paying attention to him leading. So now we're going down to Texas and we do believe it will help both of our health being in a more humid area, even though it's going to be hot because I do not like hot, but it's where I think he's leading us to go not only for our health, but because of the people that he wants us to meet. You see, that's what's so interesting about understanding that verse of where you root yourself in. People who get really dark and anger and anger and just hate and just don't want to leave any of that is because they have rooted themselves in that hate, anger and frustration. They have allowed what other people have done to them to be their foundation for their water. And it starts festering in their heart, festering in the, in their fruit, their leaves, you know, they reflect all that. <clears throat> Even though they may be walking around saying, no, I love Jesus and I do this and I go to church. Like they think that as long as they can appear to look like the part, no one can see the heart issues that they have. But, but the funny part is as soon as something triggers it, it's like, boom, you see it. And then if they start seeking out maybe counseling or talking to you more, you start seeing that kind of fester in them. You got to tell them, hey, you know, that's kind of why you have an issue. That's why I'm doing this, because this is kind of a confrontation for people who may be wondering, why am I always feeling angry and upset and hurt when bad things happen? Why do I always feel like everything is just not going my way? Why does it feel like that, man, God's not speaking to me? Why does it seem like God's taking things? Well, the thing is, it's you got to understand. He loves you guys. He loves me. And we're going to have hardships. We're going to have struggles. We're going to have things in this life that we weren't expecting to happen to happen. This, this pen, past 10 years was not in my plans. This is not what I wanted to where I wanted to be. I did not want to be 40 years old starting a church and still don't even own a home. And my wife and I are finally at a, like at a place where it could be the most positive and exciting thing that we've had together being married in all of our 10 or actually 11 years now of being married. 
you know many people I, I know many friends that you know, have families they have homes they have their businesses going they have everything kind of coming together for them but you know for me it's kind of felt like man i feel like i just got the bottom of the bucket and just i'm just the scrapings at the bottom that's where i kind of felt like for a while <laughs> but the thing is as much as I wanted to fester in that hurt and pain and frustration and like all the negatives that are going on to the point, you know, you know, there's t- a couple times where I thought I was going to lose my wife over some weird illness. And even this last time where they were telling us that it could be a possibly a, a blood cancer. It's like, really? You know, there, there's just all this stuff that was coming at us and it just felt like we're getting slapped all the time. As soon as things start going, we're getting slapped again and it's just like ah oh. so guys I, I i have an understanding of that hurt you know but i i don't have an understanding for everybody's hurt i don't i don't know what's like to be abused by someone else like that i know what's like to be bullied and being mentally ab- attacked and hurt by other people but i don't know what's like to be sexually abused by people i don't know what's like to be brought up in a family who didn't love me i don't know what's like to uh, be hurt from a bad relationship. Well, kind of do actually, but not in a dating relationship, but just friendships that have hurt me. But you got to understand, like I, I, there's some experiences that I don't have that you might have gone through, but does not mean that the same teaching doesn't apply to you. You need to understand if you allow that hurt, pain and agony and, and loss, all that to consume you, you're going to miss out on things that God could be using you for through all that hurt, pain, and agony. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Understand, if you're walking in sin, you, you can't expect God to bless you. You might have good things happen to you. You might have some things kind of work out. But there's always going to be that kind of like emptiness inside your heart because you are indulging yourself in the sin life and it's hindering you from doing more. And you're wondering why you struggle with certain things. Because you need to remove, as, as like it said in scripture, you need to cut off your finger if it offends you, cut off your hand if it offends you, cut your foot off if it offends you, pluck your eye out of it. Like the idea was to get rid of the stuff that's causing you to sin. So if you're into porn, get help. If you're struggling with fear, get help. If you're struggling with alcoholism get help if you're struggling with rage and anger get help if you are struggling in anything else get help if you've been you know been hurt by someone you've lost someone you have um you know you're struggling in your own relationships there is people you could talk to if you don't have a church Find a Christian group that you could be a part of, a men's group, a uh, maybe a church group that even if you don't go to the church, maybe there's a men's group you could be a part of. Women, maybe there's a women's group you could be a part of. You know, look for Christian counselors that really go into the in, into the scriptures of teaching you, not just giving you Freudism concepts to try to solve problems. You know, there is things that we can do that can help us with some things. It won't solve all problems. Won't like help us with everything but if you don't start trying to mend your heart starting to try to build up that faith that shield of faith up again and and starting to get your mind cleared so that it's it's based on the helmet of salvation not the helmet of me well i don't even know if it'd be me maybe more of uh 
I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to think of right now. But the idea is, guys, in your heads, you know, the way you think does affect your heart, but your heart definitely, whatever you feel your heart really affects every aspect of your life. Because when you put something in your heart, it means it becomes intimate with it. Which is why I don't encourage people to just date around because as soon as you trigger the heart emotion involvement in that person, you're taking some of that with you. And then she's taking that some with her. So guys, this is this is the this is the battle you guys have. Where are you rooting your life into? Jesus? Are you seeking out him like crazy? Are you asking him to teach you? Are you asking him to cleanse your life? Are you asking him to help you through your hurt? Are you asking him to help you through what happened to you when you're younger or not too long ago? You know, abuse or whatever. <clears throat> if you have anger issues, are you asking him to help you through that? Because he cares and he wants to help you and he can provide the people. You know, if you're like, well, I don't know anybody. Ask him to provide someone. It may take time. You may not meet him in like 24 hours, but you know, it may take time before you run into somebody that's like that, but God can still work on you until that point. See, the thing is the reason why nothing happens because we don't pray about it for one and we don't ask. Be surprised when you actually ask and believe that what, you know, when you ask, he's going to do something. I mean, it's kind of similar to like you go into your parent saying hey you know could you help me but you don't really believe that they're going to help you or a friend or a brother sister you see <clears throat> if you truly trust somebody you truly believe that they can help you so when you ask you really believe it but i like to know how many of us actually do believe that god will do it i think sometimes we ask thinking he won't because you, you think of yourself as worthless and <clears throat> we're not worthless but we're also not worthy at the same time if that makes sense so i may actually have to talk about that too at some point so the idea is that he cares about us loves us that he will even take care of the least of things of this world the least creatures that we would think of like a sparrow or a raven and yet he we think that he wouldn't take care of us and I think that's the key thing about all this. We need to understand that all through our brokenness and our emptiness, Christ has never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's never like left us in the dark. But the thing is, we have looked only at the dark and not at what he has been doing. Because, you know, during that time, like these last 10 years, as much as there was some bad things that happened, God did provide for us things. He did do amazing things. He did provide the help we needed, the money we needed at the right time. And he took care of us. And that I am grateful and thankful. But I also took the time to pay attention, to reflect in what he was doing during that time to help me be who, be who I am today. So I hope this will be a blessing and encouragement to you guys. hope this uh, will be something that can get you to think about something that's going on in your life even today. I just pray that you guys will be able to find peace, that you'll be able to find truth for yourself, that maybe he'll answer some things that you really need answers for. Let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for how you provide even the little things in our lives. But Lord, there's a lot of guys I know that have broken hearts, that have hurt hearts, empty hearts, and they don't even know it, but they do. 
or some that do know it but don't know how to find answers to help them. And I ask that you help them. I provide other men to be a part of their lives, pastors, counselors, or whatever it may be. Maybe find them a church that will work with them or a group that they could be a part of. But they do need the help. I pray that you allow them to be willing to allow you to help them. That you will be able to break through that that wall they might be holding up, and it's most likely a prideful one. That they allow the anger and and the frustration and the hurt to not be consuming them. That you remove that that consuming fire that they've built, and put your consuming fire in them. And that you allow them to trust in you. That they'll stop putting the roots and all this other stuff and start putting it into the stream of you, Lord. And I thank you for all that you do, how you've provided it in so many ways. And I pray that you would just move the men this week to reflect about their lives, to make sure that they are walking with you and not in their brokenness and their emptiness. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, gents, I hope you have a blessed week, and I look forward to talking to you guys next week. God bless and take care.